Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you to open your Bibles. And uh, find with me Isaiah 64. You might pull the Bible out of the pew rack in front of you as we go to the word of the Lord this morning. In the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. And as we turn there, let's pray together. Lord, we know that we sit in silence until your word speaks. We sit in darkness until you send your light. And so we pray, even as we pour over the the words of Scripture on the page, we pray, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit to grant us the spiritual senses we need, that we might see you, that we might hear you, and that we might taste and see that the Lord is good. In Jesus' name, amen. There, let there be light. There it is. Friends, Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9, hear the word of the Lord. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, You came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then... Can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. This is God's Word, and we are grateful. Well, why, why do we hang lights on the front of our house this time of year. Does anybody know, really? Why do we do that? It occurs, it occurs to you. The question occurred to me the other day when I was up on a ladder that was a little bit unsteadily balanced against a bush and leaning a little further than I should to fire a staple gun into the fascia board in the front of my house. The, the thoughts occur to you. Thoughts just come into your head in moments like that. Thoughts like, well... If I land on that bush, I should be fine. (laughs) I might be able to grab that gutter, but if I hit my head on that concrete, it's ball game, right? And so that's when you ask yourself, 
Why do we hang lights on the front of our house? But we all know, don't we, why we do that. When, when the days get shorter, when the nights get longer, when the darkness creeps in, we need a little more light. We want to, to shed a, a little more light. We want to bring a little more light. I think it's a, a universal human desire. We all want to bring light, to add light, even though we lament the loss of our night sky. I read last week that 80% of Americans now cannot see the Milky Way because of the light pollution. But that doesn't mean we're going to sit in the dark. We add light. We, we want there to be light. We don't want to sit in the darkness. We don't want to sit in the cold. We want light. We add light. We, we want to bring light. Why? Because without the light, you're in the dark. And when you're in the dark, you can't see. Is everybody following this morning? <laughs> you know, think about what you lose when you're in the darkness. You can't see where you are. You can't see where you're going, so you lose your way. You can't see the person who's right next to you. You can't see others, so you lose relationship. But what else do you lose? You lose all color. When you're in the dark, everything is just different little shades of gray. You lose perspective. You, you lose beauty. We lose things in the dark, and so we don't like the dark. We, want to, we don't want to sit in the dark. We want to bring light, so we have a tendency to add some. We add 5,120 volt LED warm white steady wave twinkle lights. <laughs> or something like that. That ought to solve it. Friends, your spiritual life is the, is the same way. Without the light, Without the light, you begin to lose. Without the light, you, you begin to lose things. You lose color. You lose perspective. You lose relationships. You lose warmth. You lose beauty. Does your spiritual life feel dry? Your, your spiritual life needs the light of Jesus Christ. The hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus, was not written as a Christmas hymn, but this year, here at First Pres, it's going to be included in all of our, our Christmas celebrations. In fact, you already uh, have, have sung this beautiful praise chorus that uh, is set to that tune and adds a little bit that our contemporary praise team put together with the help of, of Jim and, and others pitching in. We're going to be singing that song together. If you come to the Christmas Joy concert next Sunday, you'll never look at the hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus, in the same way. Fair is the sunshine. Fairer still the moonlight. And all the twinkling starry host, Jesus shines brighter. Jesus shines purer than all the angels Heaven can boast. Jesus. There's no light like Jesus. There is no brighter light than Jesus Christ. Jesus breaks the darkness and brings the light. Jesus brings the light of God into dark places. He carries the light into darkness with conquering and victorious power. It isn't even a contest. When the light comes, the darkness 
is gone. Jesus shines brighter. He shines pure. Jesus is the light of God. He is the light of the world. Jesus shines brighter. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, today, of, of all the deeds of history, of all the great moments, the life-changing, epic-shaping acts of history, of everything that has ever come to pass, nothing compares to this. What Isaiah saw from his perspective nearly 700 years before the event of all that has ever been done or accomplished, no deed, no act, no event in the history of the world can hold a candle to this. God was born a baby so that you could be born again. God was born a baby so that you could be born again. Isaiah prays in our passage, O Lord, O that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. We need the light. We, we, we know we need the light. We, we know we're uncomfortable in the darkness. We hate the darkness. So we try to cast a little bit of light. We, we put up our twinkle lights. We light our candles. We do our, our bit. But it hardly makes a difference. I mean, we light everything up, don't we? You know, everything that I own of any value lights up now. <laughs> Have you noticed that? My house lights up, my car lights up, my, uh, my books light up on my iPad, my uh, phone lights up. I mean, even my watch lights up. You, you can't turn any direction without seeing something lighting you up. But you know, it hardly makes a difference. It hardly pushes the darkness. In fact, a lot of those lights offer one thing and deliver another. They, uh, they make you a promise that they're going to bring you a big world, that they're going to, to make your life big. They're going to bring back the color and the relationship and the beauty and the perspective, but they don't, they don't deliver. And our efforts to push back the darkness, our efforts are very small. And that's a problem. But there's a bigger problem even than that. Look at verse 5. You come, Isaiah says, you come, Lord, to those, you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But, he says, when we continued to sin against them, when we continued to sin against your ways, you were angry. How then can we be saved? Isaiah says, it's very honest, isn't he? He says, I think God helps you if you do everything right. I think God is there for you when you gladly obey his laws, when he gladly obey his ways. But then he includes himself, doesn't he, in saying, but we, we, Lord, we continued to walk away from them. We, and so you were angry. If God is there for those who obey, who do everything right, oh, Lord, what about me? Will you forget me? Will you leave me behind? Or will you be there for me? How? Can we be saved? Verse 7, no one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. You say, can God be there? Will God be there for me? Our disobedience has broken things 
It has shut things down between us and God. And it isn't that God isn't there. It's that he's given us over. When we turned from him and we continued in our disobedient ways, we turned away from the light into the darkness. And Isaiah is saying, God gave you over to the darkness that you sought. How then can we be saved? And back in verse 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, our best efforts, my best try. We all shrivel up like a leaf and the wind of our sins sweep us away. But friends, what if God did something about that? What if God pressed toward us when we couldn't press toward him. What if God did something? Oh, Isaiah says that you would rend the heavens. One of my favorite bands is a praise band out of Ireland called Rend Collective. They, they took their name from this very verse. Oh, that you would rend, that you would tear, that you would rip open. Oh, Lord, that you would, you would reach out and, and tear apart anything of any of the bear, barrier that's keeping me from you in my distress, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. What if God pushed through Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. What if God came down to earth? The very God who made the heavens, who made all that is. What if he came down and entered his own creation? Isaiah says the mountains would tremble before you. Like when the people were at Mount Sinai and Moses went up the mountain and the glory of the Lord was over the mountain and the mountain itself seemed to tremble before the presence of the Lord. Lord, remember that. Do that. What if you did that again? Remember Moses, remember Lord how you chose him and he was sent to seek and to save, to redeem and to help. Oh Lord, seek and save again, send again. What if you did that again? What if God came down? If God did that, the mountains would tremble. If God did that, the nations would know about it. The idols would be exposed as frauds. The powers that claim to rule the world would be powerless before him if only God came down. Isaiah says, you know, it would be, in verse 2, as, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before. You know what it would be like? It would be like when you're starting a campfire. And, and you're trying to get it to go and you're, you're blowing on these wet leaves and, and wet logs and you're, the cold and the darkness is closing in around you and your knees are down there in the mud and, and you're just blowing and blowing and nothing will take the flame. But then all of a sudden, whew, ooh, good job, right? <laughs> Suddenly I feel like, like Harry Potter. And all of a sudden, there's something there that wasn't there before. There's warmth. There's light. There's power. There's beauty. There's perspective. Something has happened. Something has occurred. It would be like that if God came down. Many bright deeds illumine the runway of history. 
What would you name, you know? The use of fire and steel and cement, the rise of great ancient empires in Egypt and Persia and China, the conquests of Alexander the Great, the, the Roman Empire, the Pax Romana of Rome, the industrial age, or paper, the, the printing press, the combustible engine, the railroads and the light bulb. And think of all the way, all that we've come, even from then, even in the last hundred years, think of all that has happened and all that we have learned and how far we have come. Incredible things, beautiful things, bright things. If God came down, if God came down, an event like that, a moment like that, a deed like that would shine brighter than any other thing if God came down. What's on the list for you? What would you name of all the events, of all the conquests of kings and queens, of women and men throughout all history? They're a string of twinkle lights compared to the light of this. God was born a baby so that you could be born again. Would you say that with me so we remember it? God was born a baby so you could be born again. A long time ago, there was a pastor in the north of Egypt called Athanasius, and he was, he was trying to explain the incarnation, God come down in Jesus. He was trying to make sense of it to friends who couldn't make sense of it. He was speaking to Greek philosophers and even to his devout Jewish friends who couldn't get that God would do what we believe he did in Jesus. And so he said, think of it this way. Think of it this way, he said, what is God supposed to do? What should God do? And no, it isn't that God was confused or worried or, or didn't know what to do. He never called an emergency council of the heavenly host, you know. Things are going very bad down there. It's out of control. Does anybody have any ideas? That's not God. But it helps us to understand this event when we think of it in ways that we can comprehend. So what was God to do? When all that he had made, when the earth and his people and all of creation was pitched toward destruction, was leaning forward and running downhill towards its own dissolution, when the people that he made and he loved were corrupted and given over to corruption, when all of creation itself was sick and the illness, the illness that was in it, well, it was, it was in there. What's a good God to do? There's only one thing to do, and that is to get in there yourself and begin to bring healing. So Athanasius Put it this way, he said, For the race of human beings would have been utterly dissolved had not the Master and Savior of all, the Son of God, come to put death to an end. Truly, this great work supremely befitted the goodness of God. For this reason, he was both born and appeared as a human being and died and rose again dulling and overshadowing by his own works those of all human beings who ever existed so that from wherever human beings were predisposed, from there he might raise them and teach them 
of his own true father. You see, God did such a thing in Jesus and coming down, he did a deed so bright that wherever you're predisposed, whatever you like, whatever you're interested in, what Jesus did shines brighter. You say, well, I'm interested in architecture. I I love science. I love uh, poetry. I love philosophy. I love art. Uh, Whatever you're interested in, whatever you see as a bright light, the deed that Jesus did, what the work of Jesus Christ of salvation, it shines brighter. So wherever you are predisposed, wherever your mind and your heart run, Jesus, Jesus shines brighter than the brightest deeds. What is a good God to do. A good God gets in there. Why? Because we need Him. I need Him. Without God coming to me, I'm lost. My my little twinkle lights are not going to cut it. I need the Lord. The picture that Scripture gives us is right. Who am I? I'm the one who's picked up a few stains along the way. Who, who are we? We're the ones who our best try, our best efforts are like filthy rags. We're the ones, all of us, you see, are like that. Verse 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind Our sins sweep us away. Who am I? Who are we? You've seen the leaf. You've seen the leaf shrivel up. You've seen the leaf detach. I'm the leaf detached from the tree of life, fallen from the tree of paradise, scattered on the ground and blown and blown and tossed, lifted up by pride, tossed down by fear, spun all around by desires, and blasted far away by the winds of my sin. That's us. But what if God came down? What if God came in Jesus Christ and lived in Jesus Christ? What if God came in His Son Jesus and walked down the road that I was on in my life where I was pitched toward my own destruction? What if Jesus walked that road and ran ahead of me? And what if He took the death where I was headed upon Himself and He died for my sins? And what if He conquered sin and death and rose again in the victory of eternal life and captured me, a fallen leaf, and carried me home to paradise. What if God came down? Friends, there would be no brighter deed. Amen? Have you ever been in a last match situation? You know what I mean. Where it's, this is the last one. It's the last hope. You strike the match, either it goes or it's going to be bad. You know, here in Colorado, it's not hard to start a fire. You can almost think something on fire here in Colorado. But in other places in the world, it's not like that. And I've been there, now not in a life or death situation, but I've sure been there on the last match where if this doesn't go, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be cold. It's going to be damp. It's going to be wet all night long and nothing to eat and no coffee. 
Oh, Lord. (laughs) And you strike the match. And something comes that wasn't there before. The flame bursts open. And the light and the power and the beauty of God is present. It would be like that if God came down. It was humble, wasn't it? That little cradle in Bethlehem. You and I, we would have walked right by without even noticing when God came down, when God was born a baby so that you could be born again. Friends, there has been no brighter deed. Let's pray. Lord, of all the things that we long for, of all the directions that we are, are blown, in all of our helplessness, reach out to us in your mercy and your grace. Help us to see your light and draw us towards you in love to the glory of the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.